All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mompreneurs by mompreneurs. Each week, we are diving into mom-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today, I am your host, Olivia Radcliffe, and I am here with the amazing Laura Ellera. Laura is an award-winning, top-ranking podcaster, speaker, neuroscientist in training, and ICF-accredited integrated success coach, whose sole purpose in life is to help female leaders connect deeply to themselves, their message, and their audience by releasing their subconscious resistance to success so that they can lead with integrity and grace. Laura has pioneered therapeutic tools and training to aid this transformation, including her signature programs, the Connection Catalyst, and the Integrated Leader Academy. She is also releasing a diploma in neuroscience for coaches and therapists later on this year to teach the science behind the self-help. Laura believes in integrating the whole self to reach a success, which feels as good on the inside as it does from the outside. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it, Laura. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I'm just going to ask you to jump right in and tell us a little bit more about how you help your clients. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess with that intro, (laughs) (laughs) what is it that you actually do? So um, I guess it all comes from the fact that I started off as a pure business coach. I've got a, I'm a chartered accountant. I've got background in business. Um, and what I kept finding was that people would come to me. I talked to them about strategies. I talked to them about all of the good stuff and they wouldn't implement it. And I realized I wasn't implementing it too. Mm. Um, so what I help them with now mainly is what's going on internally, because it, you can teach all the external work, but if internally you're feeling stuck and you're feeling not worthy and you're feeling less than and all that lovely stuff that we carry I think especially as women and I think it can be especially so when when we've had kids and we've got that sudden like god who am I now you know like what is going on um so yeah so I help them release the resistance to success which basically I realized from my own work is that we actually unconsciously resist our own success because it's scary because we have all these stories within us because we keep all these past events and we store them within ourselves and it means that we don't trust ourselves and we don't believe in ourselves and all the good stuff that that comes from that and I won't go into it in too much detail because we could be here all day Um, (laughs) and I did warn you that I can talk a lot Um, yeah so I used a a mixture of my training from coaching neuroscience hypnotherapy and timeline therapy to help release that so that they can can actually go out there and, and put all those lovely external sort of strategies in place Yeah, I love that. I really, really, really love that. Um, That was something I struggled with a lot when I first got started as an entrepreneur. You know, I had all the external pieces. And in my mind, my very skeptical, like, masculine energy, just go out and take action mind. Yeah, that was all I needed. Um, Then I learned (laughs) that that didn't actually work that way, that there was a ton of internal work I needed to do first. And it, it was really eye-opening when I started to get into that work. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. do, you, do you deal with a lot of clients who are people you meet who kind of have that, that resistance and then that aha moment of how important this actually is? Yeah. And I think 
a lot of the time, by the time they've come to me, they've they've got an inkling that that's mm-hmm. going on. Otherwise, they wouldn't be coming to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's this like big shift. And I think that's what everybody expects when they come and they sort of have um, things that are rooted in therapy and they expect like this massive, ha and, you know, I'm fixed and I'm off and now I'm, you know, dancing down the lane. And it doesn't really work like that. Sometimes, obviously, it does. Sometimes there are the biggest shifts you can you can do one bit of therapy on somebody and it just releases something they've held on to for so long like a story that they've held on to and they've not even realized was there um and that's often what comes up it's like god I don't even know where that came from like I've not even been thinking about that I I had that this morning with one of my clients she was like I don't know where that came from um but equally a lot of the time it's more of a like slow release process which was exactly what it was like with me Mm -hmm. um where it was like chipping away at it and until you kind of reach this this tipping point and again then it wasn't me sort of you know running off into the sunset with birds chirping but it was just over that hump of of being able to start understanding what was going on on a conscious level and actually integrating that on an unconscious level I think we've got to be slightly careful when we talk about things like this because I think you can feel like you're failing in therapy or, or or in coaching or in any of these modalities if you don't have this massive aha moment um, mm-hmm. because everybody talks about that because that's what that's the sexy thing that's what gets people clients that's the, yeah. the you know that's what people want to hear they want the easy route but it doesn't always work like that and I think it's important to say that sometimes it's the slow burner that can last longer um and like I say that's exactly how it was for me and a lot of my clients find it that way but it works both ways yeah absolutely so you talk about how connecting deeply with your audience really is the key to success in business, but that that first starts with connecting with ourselves. Can you talk on that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, that all, that was ignited about a year ago. In fact, probably just over a year ago now when I did a launch and it flopped. (laughs) And I mean, I've been in business since, well, I started coaching in 2012 and I, started my first business in 2013 so I've been around a bit Mm -hmm. so having a a launch that completely flops it was quite eye-opening and painful at the time and it was my business coach at the time said to me where's the disconnect Mm -hmm. like with your audience I I just don't know like I'd followed all the rules I've done all the you know I'd done it all perfectly right and all the rest Mm -hmm. of it it was just it just didn't it just didn't hit it didn't it didn't sort of sync with people and I spent ages thinking god where is my disconnect with people like do they just hate me and you know like you can go off down that horrible you know rabbit hole well I'm just obviously rubbish at this and all the rest of it and it took a really long time to realize that actually the disconnect wasn't with them it was with myself I just completely lost connection with myself I was going through the motions I was following what other people were doing I was I was just so out of my body I was so it's just literally walking like sleepwalking through my business and it wasn't what I wanted to be doing I was doing what I was good at but it wasn't where my heart was it wasn't what I wanted to be doing I thought like you were just saying before about the masculine energy I'm like well you know I'm a scientist and I'm a chartered accountant and I'm all very you know like logic mind but I've got the most amount of of everything in my life from sort of the softer more feminine side and and, and the more spiritual and I was like but how do I marry them up and I'd gone off down this right I'm going to go down the really logical I'm going to teach how you do it step-by-step process and it just wasn't in my heart it wasn't what I wanted to be teaching so I had to come back and and work on myself first and work out exactly what it was that I wanted to do and and 
work through all that rubbish within me that was telling me I couldn't do it and and start working on trusting myself more on on really believing in myself like I believed in my clients Mm -hmm. and that's then when the tipping point came and actually then it, it it flows and yeah it doesn't flow every day it's not it's not it's not like I get up in the morning every day and, and, it, and it just all flows out but I, if I keep coming back to what I'm here to do then mm-hmm. that's when it that's when it works not when I'm forcing it not when I'm pushing against you know what I should be doing and certainly not when I'm following what everybody else is doing yeah no, absolutely I think that kind of authentic take on marketing and why you're doing what you're doing is mm. is really the key to a good marketing campaign. I think you yep. can have the best, most amazing, well-crafted Facebook ad in the world, <laughs> but if you don't have that connection with yourself, that's not going to matter. It's not going to lead to that lasting mm-hmm. success and that connection in the end. Yeah. yeah. It was an expensive lesson, but yes. I see it now as a lesson. <laughs> Yes. Well, and now you're well primed to teach everyone else that so they don't have to go through it. Don't make the same mistakes I did. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you see? Can you go into maybe what some of the first really easy steps are for people to kind of work on establishing that connection with themselves? Yeah, I, I think I think the beginning, middle and end of all of this is working on regulating our emotions and our nervous system. I think that is such a key to everything we do. Mm. And that, I mean, that, okay, first step, that's quite a big step, but, but realizing that it's something inside of you and not outside of you. So you're not broken. Nobody's broken. And and I, I know we see that a lot in the online world, you know, you're not broken, but we can still feel that way. And I think it's understanding how, how it all works within us and I think you get power by understanding the logical side of it and and okay I'm I'm not different this is normal like this is just my body it's a physical reaction it's it's the hormones going through my body it's the emotions um and I think that's the key because if you're in a heightened state of emotion if you're feeling stressed if you're feeling that kind of like I was at the time panic, like, oh my God, what does this mean for my business? What does this mean for, you know, paying my mortgage and things like that? Mm-hmm. You can't be in your creative mind. You can't be using your intuition. You can't be using that lovely sort of logical mind even because it just, it physically shuts down. It's what your brain does. You go into fight or flight mode. So I think the first thing is understanding that process and knowing steps to be able to bring your back down into your body, to be able to ground down into your body. Mm-hmm so that you can then work through the stories and and the beliefs and all the stuff that's stored within you. But it's very hard to access that if you're up here and and in this sort of like heightened state. So step one is nervous system regulation. Perfect. That's, I mean, it's really timely for me at this moment. You know, I, I have two separate anxiety disorders and this morning I woke up and was just anxious. It was just one of those things. Wasn't necessarily a reason for it. Um, but some little things that happened, just deadlines that were coming up, just little, little things that didn't quite go according to plan really shot my anxiety through the roof. And it was, I mean, that's, that's incredibly helpful. What you just said, that moment of kind of realizing the trigger to start off with and then grounding yourself in that and working through 
the patterns, what's that story behind why am I feeling that? And, and that, you know, incredibly helpful is for getting your day back on track, or at least to the point where you can show yourself a bit of grace and massively just embrace that this is where you are at the moment. And yeah, so accepted that acceptance acceptance yeah that's it that's the key <laughs> that's the key word. I've literally spent all day writing about acceptance so that's very timely too so it's like <laughs> acceptance. It just flowed off my tongue there <laughs> I love it I love it um so you're a mom also right oh yes <laughs> yes how many I kids I have two kids in a Labrador so I count him as my kid too he yeah. was here first so he's my first I have a boy who well, I have two boys <laughs> I have a boy now I've got two boys um five and one that's just turned four so they are about they're 21 months apart so it's been interesting shall we say yeah. <laughs> yes it's been challenging and they are very allergic to sleep or at least they were when they were younger so yeah that would that was that was interesting as I know you know <laughs> Yes, yes. No, I, I have a two year old. And yes, my German Shepherd was first. She is yes. first. She, she's <laughs> her baby. And then, um, so how do you deal with those struggles of balancing motherhood, your business, you know, your own personal life? Because you have that as well, too, hopefully. Yeah, sometimes. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it is a challenge. And I think. I don't know if there is a balance. Like, I think there is a, just the moment that you're in. Um, so, I I mean, going back, and especially a few years ago, um, I didn't. I, I mean, I guess if you want to talk about that, because you know my, the struggles that I've been through. But um, I guess when I was, well, when Monty, my second child, was 10 months old, my husband went to Afghanistan for two years. Mm -hmm. And two days before he left, I was diagnosed with postnatal depression. So Mm -hmm. that was probably, well, one of the toughest times ever. Um, And then there wasn't a balance. Like then I had to step back and look after my kids and myself because, you know, I was on my own. I was in charge of a a 10 month old, actually, I think it was nine nine months old at the time. And a, was he two year old, two and a half year old? And they weren't sleeping. I was getting three hours of sleep a night if I was lucky, broken sleep. Mm. that obviously didn't help towards the depression and the anxiety. So what you said about the anxiety is like anxiety has been one of my best friends throughout my life. It's always just there. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I was diagnosed with postnatal depression and it was tough. It was incredibly tough. I had a lot of guilt around it. I had a lot of feelings of failure. And if I'm honest, I was like, I don't get depression. That's what other people get, which looking back at it now, if I could go back and just, you know, <laughs> slap myself around the face maybe and just tell myself to, to have a bit more compassion. But that's how I felt. I felt like I'd let my children down. I felt like I was a failure as a mom. I There was obviously all the worries of, oh my God, how am I actually going to do this on my own? Like, I literally can't get out of bed and I've got these two children that need me and I'm, you know, there isn't another half helping. So um, I, I decided to sign up and, and train and do an Ironman three months later. Is it three months? Not April, but yeah, three months later. So <laughs> that was a, interesting. I, as all good things go, after half a bottle of Prosecco, it seemed like a really good idea, although maybe it was a bottle, I don't know. After a bit of Prosecco, <laughs> it seemed like a really good idea. And then I kind of announced that I was going to do it and I was in it and I was like, right, well, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to work out a way. So 
I mean, I used to do things like put them to bed and then I'd have the turbo, the bike on the turbo in the kitchen with the monitor sat in front of me whilst watching a training video from like, you know, Marie Folio or somebody whilst I was on the bike so that I could like double up what I was doing. And I, I bought a double running buggy and I took them out running and just worked it around as much as I possibly could. But I think at the time I needed that, I needed that physical exertion. I needed something that was different to just being at home, being a mum. I don't think I'd do it now. <laughs> I don't know if I'd know I would do it again. <laughs> so I guess that was then. And I mean, it's been easier since then. They've grown up. My husband's come back. The business is more established. But with regards to balancing, I think you just have to be with what you're doing at the time. So I could sit here in the office and be like, oh my God, I should be with my kids. And I do do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I can get my head down and work hard here, it means when I go and I'm with them, I can be with them. And of course, I'm not I'm not saying I, I'm sometimes scrolling and going just a minute, darling, whilst I'm trying to write a work email right, or right. get that Facebook post out or, you know, and then that's when I feel really bad. But I try and learn from that and make sure that I'm not doing that the next day and the next day. But I mean, things slip and you miss things, you miss emails, you that. I guess it's just knowing what the priorities are mm-hmm. and trying as much to stick to them at whatever point of the day it is and whatever the priorities are in that moment. don't know if I answered that. I went off on a bit of one. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, perfectly, perfectly. And I think it all comes down to what you had said earlier about that acceptance. You know, I think yeah. that's the word, the word of the day, word for the episode. Yeah, we'll have the, the word of the episode is acceptance. Acceptance. And that's yeah. really... Um, I mean, so, some of the listeners know my story, but um, when I had my son, um, within two weeks, we were put on lockdown, COVID hit. So he was oh, officially, gosh. you know, a COVID baby during the pandemic. Yeah. And um, I was a brand new solo mom, uh, dealing with all the postpartum stuff, figuring out breastfeeding and everything. And wow. the pediatrician, because COVID was so unknown, had really, the pediatrician put the fear of God in me and said, no one can come around the baby or around me because I was healing from some injuries from the childbirth. Um, so it became me and my newborn <laughs> and my dog oh, and my no. two cats, you know, and, you know, the household to run and the business to run. Yeah. But I, I understand exactly what you were saying of how am I going to do this? I'm having trouble getting out of bed. Yeah. But I have these kids relying on me. I have this newborn sitting there looking at me. I have to beat him. I have to do stuff and I have to start to get back to work and bring in the income so I can support him. And uh, the balance, I think, does shift a bit. You know, a lot of people think of balance as an equal 50, 50. I'm working half the time. I'm with my family half the time. Yeah. But I think that balance is much more of an equation of, yeah, you know, sometimes I do have to work a little more so that I can have that time. And sometimes I go off on vacation and leave my desk behind a little bit. Uh, But I think it's, what you showed yourself is that acceptance in that time for what you needed and how, how you needed to be there for yourself and your family in that time and what that balance looked like then. Um, Yeah. And it shifts and changes, doesn't it? And as you get older, things shift and change and it's different, different needs and and things, but yeah, but I guess what you're saying, that's why we are 
that's why we run our own business, right? So that we can have that autonomy so that we can decide, well, actually this week I'm going to work really hard so that next week I, we can go to Disneyland and, you know, yeah, which you couldn't do, <laughs> well, not as easily if you're in a nine to five. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was poking around your website a little bit earlier. Um, Makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's still it's still in the coming soon phase. <laughs> yeah, well, and I can't wait to see what's coming through because it looks amazing. Everything looks amazing as it is. But I was really caught by your approach, specifically with your the connection catalyst part mm-hmm. of your program, and um, the three different ways your approach was different with how you're reprogramming reprogramming the subconscious and handling the science and the spirituality balance, and then how it's integrated with integrity. Um, The key thing for me is that balance between the science and the spirituality, because that's something I've struggled with in the past and something, yeah. Can, can you just talk on that a little bit and how you do maintain that balance and what that actually looks like? Yeah. So I guess, I mean, I've struggled with that as well because my background science, but I've always been really spiritual. I've always, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen too much work that can't be explained. Yes. You know, that sort of idea. Like, I mean, especially through like manifesting things. I mean, just as a complete aside, I, I when I had my first, I used to run past the bugaboo offices in Henley, which is the, you know, the mm-hmm. bugaboo. And I used to think, oh, wouldn't it be funny if they ran after me with a running buggy? Um, and it'd be a guy and he'd come with just the chassis, chassis, chassis. I can never say that chassis. <laughs> and this would happen and blah, 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 blah. And I used to just think that randomly every time I ran past exactly that happened. Exactly that <laughs> man with just the base ran after me, said, we've seen you running past and we'd like to donate a running bookie to you. So try and explain that with science. I mean, other than the fact yeah. that I've run in front of their offices. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's just one exa- example, but I've just seen so many things that can't be explained by science. And the thing with science is that it can't be explained until it can be. So just because it can't be explained doesn't mean it doesn't work. Yeah. So I think my approach comes, if something is proven wrong and false, then fine. As long as it's sort of, you know, like there's, there's, it's very much wrong, you know, like mm-hmm. one person say, well, that can't be right. Okay. Where's the science? So I think until something's proven wrong, it's still up for grabs. And that's how I sort of, run with it so I I where the science is there I want to understand it and I want to be able to to teach people it and my my thing is taking complex subjects and and making them like being able to teach them music because I think if you do, if you fully understand something you can teach it right mm. and help other people understand it so that's where I come from on the science side and again that's sort of more my masculine logical sort of side of, of me but then I have this other side of me that just loves all the woo as much as I hate the word woo I love all that (laughs) side of it I hate the word woo and and I'm really intrigued at finding the science that backs that up because I can't believe it's not there Um, because I can't believe it's that that so much can happen that we can't still explain and there is so much that we can't still explain so saying there's no science behind it it's pseudoscience and all that sort of thing well everything's pseudoscience until it's proven you know the the world was flat until it wasn't so I think we've got to be really careful and it's a balance again it's, it's this balancing again between what really actually honestly couldn't possibly be true and there's all this science that backs up it's not true fine then there's all this stuff that's really true and we know that's true and and, and the science that backs that up until again the science that isn't and then there's that gray bit in the middle and I go into that gray bit in the middle and I try and find the science where possible and when it's not there 
it's kind of a logical, well, does it make does it make sense? Could that be possible? Um, and I mean, I'm currently doing my master's with the, the want to go on to do my PhD after because I want to be able to do the science that isn't there. I like I, I'm sick of not being able to find stuff. So I'm like, right, well, I'm going to learn it and I will do it and I will see mm. if there's a way of proving things. So, um, yeah, so with like within the course, we do look at the chakras. That's what we work through. But I bring in all the science behind it. So I'm talking about the neurons in the body and all the science that's behind it and what it means and the hormones and 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 what that means physically for you so not just what's going on but what that means on the outside and what you see and what you feel and why sometimes you wake up in the morning and you feel really anxious and you don't know why well what's going on inside your body and then what can we do in order to 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 help you like what what steps can you put in place what what spiritual steps can you put in place what scientifically proven steps can you put in place you know throw it all at it (laughs) and and um so that's really where the connection catalyst comes from Again, I don't find the question because I like to just rub it on and I get passionate. <laughs> Thanks. No, no, it's perfect. <laughs> no, I I really, really appreciate that manner of how you how you talk through that. Just what, um, because yes, I, I'm naturally skeptical about things. I still believe anything's possible until you prove it's not. Yeah. So I'm very open-minded about all that, but I like to see how things work. You know, I like yeah. to see the science behind that because I'm with you. There are so many things I've seen that are just like, okay, well, there, that is what it is. You can't explain it any other way. There's, yeah. there's too many coincidences for it to be anything other. Yeah, um, absolutely. So any last minute hard hitting advice you can give to the mom's listening today? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I think other than carry on doing the absolutely cracking job that you absolutely are. And if you're worried about doing a bad job, you're not, you are doing an amazing job. If you're worried, I think the key thing is, is if you're struggling with something, look internally, like it's not, external things that you need to change and of course there are some circumstances where external things need to change first of course and I don't I don't mean in every situation but I think there's so much that we can do I think there's so much healing we can do ourselves and I think there's so much we can do internally looking at our nervous systems looking at regulating our emotions looking at how we react to things and why we react to things I think that is such an underused tool Mm-hmm. that we can be doing at home with guidance you know there's loads online that, that we can use just to even start it if we're sort of saying well we, you know I can't afford a coach or I can't afford a throw or, or anything like that just getting really curious about why something's happening so like again when you woke up this morning with anxiety why am I feeling that what's mm-hmm. going on sitting with it allowing that emotion to ride through you and, and then not trying to change it that's what acceptance is it's mm-hmm. not trying to wish something was different because you're not going to wish it different and and especially if it's normally it's it's set in the past so we're we're regretting something or we're worrying about something that that's not happened yet in the future or we're thinking about something that happened in the past and we're regretting it but we can't change our future by being anywhere but the present that's so it's great. about how do we bring ourselves back to the present so I, I guess my advice is do the inner work perfect And I love that. We can't change the future by being anywhere but the present. That's perfect. Absolutely. So where can people, if they want to continue the conversation, where can they go to find you? 
Yeah, so I spend most of my life in the integrated leader community on Facebook. So that's my free group. Um, or you can find me on Instagram or Facebook on I am Laura Ellera on my website, which is still in construction. But by the time this comes out, it won't be. <laughs> so <laughs> that's lauraellera.com. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining me today, Laura. I really appreciated the conversation. No, thank you for having me. I loved it. And thank you everyone else for joining us this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you also found value in the show today and want to support some fellow mompreneurs, we'd really appreciate a rating or even just telling a friend about the show. And we will be back next week with more marketing tips for busy moms with businesses. Until then, take care.